Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL's Live Mike. Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are into the final hour of today's episode, final hour of the week. And then we take a, a long two-day break, and we'll meet back here on Monday, Monday afternoon, 1230. I just got news uh, via Twitter and specifically via a gentleman named Chad Pergram, a reporter with uh, Fox News, someone who follows uh, Congress probably closer than anyone in the media that I know. Uh, it, it is remarkable the the news he is able to break. Anyway, he just uh, a moment ago uh, tweeted that Pelosi tests negative for coronavirus. Speaker Pelosi testing negative for the coronavirus, again, according to the Chad Pergram with uh, Fox News. Uh, so that's uh, certainly good news for Speaker Pelosi and everyone uh, rooting for. And, uh, you know, you wish that uh, everyone would be tested negative. That's the goal. Ultimately, we're going to get there someday. Uh, but because the challenge is so great, uh, we are faced with some unexpected turns in this whole deal. And uh, one of those turns, uh, I guess, unexpected or expected, depending on how you look at it, uh, President Trump, it was in the early hours on the East Coast, tweeted that uh, both he and his wife Melania Trump had uh, come down with the coronavirus, in fact, testing positive uh, for that virus. That news coming just a few hours after uh, uh, White House advisor Hope Hicks uh, herself tested positive for the virus. A number of other individuals have uh, who, you know, those who have had contact with uh, the president uh, have uh, been tested uh, as well. Many of those tests coming back negative to include uh, Joe Biden, who squared off against the president Tuesday evening in a debate. Uh, And speaking of debates, that all part of campaigning uh, in their quest, those two gentlemen, uh, fighting back and forth, trying to become the next president of the United States. Imagine uh, what it must be like to battle both the coronavirus and to fight for elected office. Uh, There are a few Utahns who have uh, gone through exactly that experience. You heard reference uh, earlier made to John Huntsman Jr., who came down with the coronavirus and had uh, a tough time with it. Uh, You know, he would post those daily videos, uh, and it was very clear that he was in some physical distress. uh, And during that time, he was also precluded from participating in person in one of the gubernatorial debates. They were ultimately, with some technology, able to overcome that challenge, and he participated thusly. But uh, it's a real thing, 
And right now, in the midst of campaign season, uh, there are a number of candidates who uh, are fighting both for elected office and for their own health. One uh, such Utah and Representative Ben McAdams, uh, who, as you well know, came down with the coronavirus himself, was hospitalized for a time, has since recovered. Uh, and last time we spoke, Con- Congressman, you, you mentioned that there were some lingering symptoms. Have those cleared up quite yet? You know, Leah, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. I actually am able to go out on a run and exercise every day. I, my lungs still feel a little bit tight, and I don't know. It's not nothing bad, so I would say I'm 99% better. And uh, maybe that last 1% is just in my imagination, but I feel a little, my lungs feel a little bit tight, but, you know, nothing to complain about. I don't think I'm going to be one of these long haulers who have symptoms that plague them forever. Thank goodness, you know, and um, I'm doing pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, When you were, as you heard me describe, when you were uh, battling the coronavirus, when you were COVID positive, uh, you were also uh, in the, you know, the organizational phase of of a pretty important campaign. Uh, what was that yeah. like? What challenges were presented? You know, I mean, like a lot of Americans, my job doesn't stop just because I get sick and you just keep forging ahead and powering through. And uh, both, I guess, the job of a campaign, but more importantly, I think the job of just being a voice and a representative for people uh, in, in Utah. And it just doesn't stop because of a campaign. So I was able to power through for the most part. The first the first week that I was sick, um, it just it felt like a bad cold. I think I talked to you probably a couple of times during that week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just kept one foot in front of the other powering ahead. And then about a week into it that um, I, it really it moved into my lungs pretty uh, seriously. I wasn't able to, to get enough oxygen, so which meant that I couldn't walk across my bedroom without being lightheaded and panting. And so um, at that point is when I went to the hospital and spent eight days in the hospital just struggling to breathe. And, and it, it's really tough because – you know, my line of work also puts me ideally out talking to a lot of people, listening to people about what they what they are need help with, what they're mad about is my job. And, um, you know, I can only imagine President Trump right now in the middle of a campaign. This is this has got to be hard. And he he's somebody who, like I, um, like to be around people and like to to hear from people. And, and, you know, I'm sure that it's a setback. I hope I'm hoping for his sake that the symptoms are minor and he's able to to, again, keep working because, you know, we know he's got an important job to do uh, as president and um, that he's able to keep working and, and stay on top of it and, and wish him, you know, a minor case and that he rebounds quickly and he can get right back on his feet. Because that's, you know, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, we want our president to be healthy and to be able to do his job. 100 uh, percent. I you know, this isn't I'm not speculating as to his condition or anything, but I do find it interesting that we now are. Uh, it's we're probably 12 hours or so uh, since we have heard from the president. The only direct communication we've had from him uh, is, you know, was the initial tweet announcing that he and Melania Trump were uh, COVID positive. So we're anxiously standing by, uh, hoping to hear directly from him. The chief of staff, Mark Meadows, says that all is well. Uh, Kaylee McEnany says that all is well and that the good work continues. Uh, but we're anxiously waiting to hear directly from the the president. The reason I had you there, Congressman, walk through your experiences uh, simply to highlight that this COVID-19 is no respecter of persons uh, and that regardless yeah. of how healthy you are or how many, uh, you know, 
of the high-risk category boxes you check off, uh, it, it can strike you any which way. There are certainly some trends here and there, uh, but it's a roll of the dice for the most part. Uh, let me ask you while I have you here for these uh, last few minutes. There was uh, a vote just yesterday uh, and on this latest stimulus bill, the price tag pretty high. Uh, you, along with a very small group of uh, fellow Democrats, voted against it, uh, ultimately siding with uh, Republicans. The the overall vote was uh, you know sufficient to pass it. Uh, but talk to me a bit about your decision to, to vote against uh, yesterday's stimulus package. Well, you know, this was um, it was frustrating to me. And there were 18 of my colleagues, mostly the blue dog Democrats that I uh, align with, who we voted against it because, you know, there are things that I like in this bill. There are things that I just felt were, were too much. It felt like it was weighted down again, was still with partisan wish list items. And uh, American people are counting on us to, they're, they're, you know, to, to enact legislation, to get it to the president's desk, something that he can sign that will slow the spread of this virus and help families and small businesses that are really struggling right now. And this is not a time for some hollow piece of legislation that might feel good but has zero chance of, of getting passed. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned about, first of all, the overall price tag. I know we've got to we're going to have to spend money to get through this crisis right now. But any money we spend today, we are going to have to pay for it sooner or later. It's going to be us or our grandkids. And we cannot just keep putting things on the on the national credit card and expecting that that's not going to have consequences. And so, yeah, we got to do what we got to do. But we should be very conscious about the dollars we spend and we should um, do only what we need to do. And so that's been my frustration. I think it's, it's too expensive and it's loaded down with a lot of partisan things. Now, I think, you know, I will acknowledge that um, I'm happy to see that they've come down off of the, the $3 trillion number that they had been holding to before. So they, it, it feels like progress. And in a negotiation, you're going to have both sides kind of whittling away at it and coming to meet in the middle. I think the American people are counting on us to reach a deal. Republicans and Democrats, both sides are probably going to have to give to meet somewhere in the middle and to get legislation and, and probably whatever comes out is going to have stuff I like and it's going to have stuff that I don't like. And, and, but I want to see something that I can vote on. Uh, you know, my hope is that we get to yes and we get legislation that, that really puts the American people ahead of political parties. This is not a time. I know we're in the middle of a campaign. Right. This is not a time or an issue that anybody should think it, be thinking about a campaign. They need to be thinking about that small business that's on the verge of bankruptcy. They may not be here in November after the election if we don't do something to, to help them. And, uh, and that family that's worried about paying rent, what if they, you know, they don't care about an election when they're about to get evicted. And so I would call on Republicans and Democrats to put party aside, put people first and get a deal. All right. Uh, Congressman Ben McAdams, thank you for your time. Uh, glad uh, glad that you have healed. Uh, let's get that last 1%, get you 100% healthy, uh, and thank you for your service. All right. Thank- hey, and thank you. And let me give a shout-out to our Senator Mike Lee, too, who I know is sick. And, uh, well, he has the virus. I hope he has a mild case, and our thoughts and prayers are with him, too. Amen. Very good. Quick break. When we return, we're going to dive a little deeper into this a stimulus update. Where do things stand? Where are the dollars? And what about this call from Speaker Pelosi just this morning to the airline companies to hold back on those furloughs? Let's see if Congress can work something out. Can she pull it off? We'll look into it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. 
It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.